week together. This is our uh, Good Friday service, and this service is very special in that it is designed to lead us into a time of reflection and worship through meditation upon Scripture. There will be different readings tonight from uh, the Gospels, and um, we'll also have a time of song. Um, where we will be both participating in singing and also reflecting upon pieces that are presented to us this evening. And I just want to acknowledge that, you know, it is a Friday and the sun is still up. Some of us, our dinners are still settling in. We're coming in with different uh, things on our minds and hearts, different weights that we carry and burdens, different thoughts and distractions maybe even as we come here tonight. And so I wanted to uh, begin our service by offering a meditation, kind of a, a centering thought for us to be thinking about this evening uh, to help us to prepare and to gather our, our minds and, and quiet our hearts for this moment of reflection and worship that we will be entering into. Um, as we have been um, saying in our services, our theme for this Holy Week is hard to believe. And so I want to begin by having us think about a time when we have maybe said or thought these words. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Or maybe we've said, I can't believe what I just heard. Have you ever had a time in your life where you were struck with that type of a thought, where the reality that you are gazing on or the, the truth that you just heard is challenging and you find it just hard to believe. This is something that we say when we look at events that leave us gutted. These are the words that we utter whenever we have witnessed something so terrible that we are wrestling with disbelief because of uh, our hearts and our minds being overwhelmed by the darkness of those things. Particularly in this age of television and social media, we often get transported into the scene in some way. We become witnesses to these different types of events that might cause us to say, I can't believe what I'm seeing. When the horrible assassinations of the 1960s took place, if you can remember those days or you remember learning about them in history courses, and think about how assassinations took the lives of President Kennedy and his brother Robert, as well as social justice leaders Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When those events occurred, many thought and said, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Many of us had a similar feeling on 9-11 in 2001 as we're watching the news. And you might remember where you were in front of a television or perhaps listening to the radio and hearing what was taking place in New York and here in D.C. at the Pentagon. And how many of us were thinking or saying, I can't believe what I'm seeing. This year... We have seen more videos and more scenes that cause us to wrestle this, with these things. Last year, we saw a video capturing George, George Floyd's final moments of his life. 
in that scene and many others like it fill our hearts with deep sorrow and anger. And when we see that, we think to ourselves, I cannot believe what I am seeing. Every mass shooting, we are led back to that place. Recently, the news about great leaders of the faith, Ravi Zacharias, also leads us to wrestle with this emotion. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Such darkness, such a terrible presence of sin, such representations of hardship and brokenness and injustice. These are the things that cause us to speak in such a way. It is often said that ignorance is bliss. Better just not to know. And in many ways, that can feel right. The truth can be too much to withstand. Sometimes we just don't want to know that something is really true. But that doesn't make it any less true. And so we might be tempted to insulate ourselves from the truth. But the truth still stands. And so when we face the truth as it's presented to us, we have two options. We can try to deny it, right? We can try to work around the truth, or we can try to understand it and let our lives be shaped by the truth. Tonight, we will have an opportunity to be presented with the truth. Tonight, we'll be transported to another scene where darkness seems to overwhelm our world. Tonight, we will hear events that describe a terrible injustice, a seemingly senseless loss of life. From the disciples' perspective, it was a confusing tragedy. After all, Jesus never even resisted arrest. He never, never did anything wrong. Only to be beaten and whipped and maligned tortured and humiliated and executed in a painful and gross way. Surely the disciples and many in Jerusalem thought, I can't believe what I'm seeing. For some, Jesus' death was a necessary evil. Pilate's perspective was uh, one like this. It was a condition that was met to keep the Jewish nation under Rome's thumb. And more specifically for Pilate, it was a condition met to keep his job and his own head. The Jewish leadership had also decided many days before Jesus would be killed that this was a necessary evil. Caiaphas, the chief priest, said that it's far better for this one man to die than for the whole nation to suffer. And of course, he spoke better than he knew. So as we are transported through these scenes tonight, and as the darkness escalates, as it grows darker outside this building, and it also grows darker even in the moments as we journey to the cross together, let's let these moments truly sink in. Let's not let the familiarity of this story rob our senses of experiencing the darkness of the moment. You might ask why I am encouraging this. Because ignorance is not always bliss. 
Though there are many sorrows and tragedies we wish we didn't have to know, and though there are many sorrows and sins and pains we wish we did not have to remember, this one is different. The injustice that we hear testimony of tonight actually has good in it. Jesus' death, unlike any other tragedy, accomplished something amazingly good for people who did not deserve it. It accomplished something amazingly good for us. As we hear of these horrible things, we also bear in mind that He did this for us. He took our place. He took a judgment that we deserved. He substituted His life for ours. The horror that took place on the cross nearly 2,000 years ago is something that truthfully is so hard for us to believe. Not necessarily hard for us to believe that it actually happened. Historically, I think we can accept that it happened and we can believe that. But sometimes it's hard for us to believe what it accomplished and why it was necessary. It means for one thing that he died because he knew we were guilty. The scene of his death makes us face the reality that the darkness isn't just out there. The darkness is also in here. So as we reflect on these events tonight, as the darkness of the moment grows, let us press in. Let us press into that darkness. Let us really absorb the horror and yet the amazing love displayed in the midst of this tragedy. Let us press in with the understanding from Jesus' own words when he said, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. He also said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Would you pray with me? Father God, just as it is hard to believe that there can be so much darkness in the human heart, we also confess it is hard to believe that darkness is also within us. It's hard to believe that Jesus had to die for us, that we are truly that sinful, that we are truly that dark-hearted, that it would require his life to be given up and sacrificed for us. And yet that is the reality we are faced with. And so, Father, we ask for you to use the Holy Spirit. Father, send your Holy Spirit that he would help us to believe. And by believing, may we be shaped by the truth. May we be able to be filled with love for you, triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
while I was just thinking that seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. And they led Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death. But they found none, for many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so.
for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them saying, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, Wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion. 
And they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. And they led him out to crucify him. He was oppressed. And he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Oh, 
be seated. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up, and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There is also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we, indeed, justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. He said, Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Please stand as we continue worshiping our Christ, the power of his cross, and the paradise into which he will bring us.
seated. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders, hearing it, said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. I'm poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. But you, O oh Lord, do not be far off. Oh, you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Please stand.
After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood facing him, saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. This time we'll continue to worship as we listen to a presented song, Man of Sorrows.
Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. This time I can invite you to continue to meditate as we listen to another presented song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross.
When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. It was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We have been redeemed. Let us stand and continue worshiping. Just talk. 